Have you ever had those people in your family that take forever to open up the gift? You know, they're, they're saving the paper. They're, they're trying to be polite. They're trying not to make a scene. And, and it, for some of us, it kills us inside. We're just like, open it already. And some of you actually were getting frustrated as I was opening that gift. The idea, the, the thing that's going on is either one, we really want to see what's in the box, uh, or we've given that gift and we're desperate to see their reaction. And when they're elongating the process, it's like, oh, come on, open it already. Because the, there's like this, it's, it's not like it's a sinful thing, but there's, there's like an impatience. We're joyful that they're getting a gift. We're joyful that maybe we've give to get, given a gift and that they're excited to see it and you're excited to see it. So it's not like it's a, it's a bad thing. It's a sinful thing. They're, it comes from a, from a good place, but we're dying for them. They're just open it already. We're waiting. You're taking so long. Just open it. And, you, and we want them to just shred the paper and get it over with. Well, We've, we're going through a, a series. We're starting today, and, and it's a series called Advent According to Luke. We're, we're doing an Advent series, but a little differently. We're going to be looking at four major happenings in Jesus' life and see how they impact Christmas, how they impact our Christmas this year. But attached to that, we're also challenging everyone. There's 24 chapters in the, in the book of, in the Gospel of Luke. So we're challenging everyone in 24 days leading up to Christmas, please read a chapter a day. Now it's the 3rd of December, so you have a couple days to catch up. But, and some of you had already started this. So that we, before we get to Christmas Day, we'll have read through the entire Gospel of, of Luke. And, and the Gospel of Luke, the entire package, even though at the start it talks about um, Jesus' birth, it, it's not until we grab the full Gospel account that we can fully experience uh, the joy of Christmas. And, and today as we start this Advent series, we're going to look at the concept of waiting. Israel had been waiting for so long for the coming Messiah. We're going to learn about a man named Simeon who had to wait his whole life to see the Messiah. But we're also going to talk about us and our waiting. Waiting expectantly. We know Christmas is coming and we get excited and this excitement builds. Like, like someone opening up that gift, taking too long. It's like, come on, get there already. And we've all seen on social media that probably about the middle of January, you know, someone will put only 325 days till Christmas. You know those people? You know, uh, th that there's an anticipation, there's a waiting for Christmas. That's so good. But it really points to a bigger thing for us as Christians. We're pointing to the waiting expectantly for the coming Savior, that we're also waiting for the Messiah. We don't know when he's going to come, but we know he is going to come. And so we're like Israel, but in a new way, we are waiting for the Lord's return. He came the first time as a child, innocently, humbly. But this next time as he returns, it will be triumphantly. And we will be there. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going we're gonna to scroll all the way to verse 25. Luke 2, verse 25. 
And we're going to read the account of a man named Simeon. Who, uh, what happened to him when he first met Jesus? If you don't have a Bible, the passage will appear on the screen or grab a Bible under the seats in front of you. If you don't own one, talk to the greeters. They will give you, uh, they will give you a Bible that you can just take home. It's yours. So here we go. Luke 2, 25 to 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, uh, be, so not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own heart, own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So the first question we need to look at is, what was Simeon waiting for? What was Simeon waiting for? And th- there's, there's a couple pieces here, because there's a greater promise. There's a greater promise that, that Simeon, as as a Jew, as the nation of Israel had been long waiting, had been waiting expectantly for the coming Messiah. In, in Isaiah 7, 14, a, well, a well-known uh, psalm that's often, or a prophetic word that's often read uh, around Christmas time, Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. Israel was waiting for what's referred to as the consolation. The consolation of Israel. Now in our our Western world, we often refer to things, uh, if someone's just missed first place, we often say they, you know, they received the consolation prize. And this word doesn't directly uh, apply to this text in, in that Israel's going to kind of be the runner-up kind of thing. But, but this concept that, that a consolation encourages you, it exhorts you, the consolation kind of lifts your spirits, picks you back up. Because if someone, if you're thinking about it, if they run a race and they've just missed the mark, They've, they've, they've just missed first place. They're a little depressed at that, even though they did very well. And so there's like this consolation prize. Well, well, consolation, this word, is Israel is, they're under Roman rule. They're, they're, their lives are just like, when is the Messiah going to come? They had different ideas of what the Messiah would be uh, versus what Jesus was. But either way, they are, can't wait. They're just like, please, Lord, send your Messiah, send Emmanuel. And they knew that it was promised so many years before, and they're waiting. They're waiting. So there's a greater promise that Simeon was waiting for. But, but Simeon had one, one better. He had a specific promise. 
that the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that before he died, his eyes would see the Messiah, that his eyes would see the Christ. And so this is what happened in this passage. Mary and Joseph, they, they bring their, their baby Jesus uh, into the temple to do what is prepared, what's, what's meant to happen. And, and yet, in this whole thing, it's not like Mary and Joseph like, walked into the temple and all of a sudden, hey everyone, just so you know, we're carrying the Messiah. Like that wouldn't go well because it's like, you know, Joseph here, he's not really the husband. The Holy Spirit's actually the husband. So now we're going to have to break that down and talk to you all about how that works. Like, it, it's not like they announced this. This is why there's a, there's a sense that, that Mary and Joseph, that they were marveled by what was said by Simeon. That, he, that Simeon was so in the know. And that his prophecy not only talked about the coming Christ, but that he even mentions in his prophecy that, that Jesus, that this Messiah, would, he mentions Gentiles that he mentions Gentiles and Israel, Simeon was through the power of the Holy Spirit miraculously made in the know. And they marveled. They marveled. This specific promise was given to Simeon, his relationship with the Lord. But imagine, imagine he waited all that time all that time. Well, how did, how did Simeon wait expectantly? What was Simeon waiting for? But what, how, what helped him? It, this passage, it tells us that, that Simeon was two things. That he was a righteous and devout man. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, but there's two words here, righteous and devout. So if I'm to ask, looking at this passage, like where, where did Simeon get his patience and faith from knowing that he was going to see the Messiah, but what sustained him? And I really do believe that, that the mentioning of these two characteristics, righteousness and devotion, that I believe that from these stemmed his great patience and faith. If we look at righteousness, the, the concept of, of being righteous is this impartiality or just and, and just in the eyes of God uh, made correct or righteous. Now, keep in mind, Simeon is part of the old covenant system. So what we can kind of deduce from the fact that it said it was righteous, he was a man that tried to follow God's law to the T. It's not that he didn't sin, but when he sinned, he obviously was a man that right away either made sacrifice, repented, and, and really tried to keep a short account with God so that he was in right standing with God according to the Mosaic law. He was righteous. He was right or justified in the eyes of God because he made, kept such short accounts according to the law. That's what we know. We can deduce from this that, that he definitely followed the law. But then there's the second word, devout. That, that, that to be devoted to something, to be devout, to have devotion, it's something we take hold of. And, and it's, it's a heart condition, it, pious, uh, religious maybe, but, but that there's, there's this, if you're devout, you're in tune with the heart of God. And so if we see these two words, there's righteous, which is the legal matters of the law, in, in that what he's supposed to do according to Mosaic law and tradition. But then we have this devotion part, the devout, which is the heart condition. 
And this passage tells us that not only did Simeon follow the law, but he wasn't one of these hypocritical priests that, that wanted everyone to see what he was doing. No, he was a man that was devout to the Lord, that he tried so desperately that his heart with his father was connected. And he spent much time obviously trying to capture the heart of God. Righteous and devout. A man who's righteous and devout probably has a lot of patience and faith. So what are we waiting for? Uh, Obviously, we're waiting for Christmas. That's the whole idea of Advent, is we have a set of services which prepare us, prepare our hearts for the celebration of the coming Messiah. It's what Christmas is all about. But it's bigger than that. That every single time we, we wake up on Christmas morning or maybe we celebrate on Christmas Eve, we need to be careful that we don't just see Jesus in the manger. Because Jesus in the manger is actually a revelation to us who have given our lives to Jesus that he's coming again. That the first time, innocent and humble, the second time, triumphant. And when we see him in that manger and we contemplate that and we think this is the moment where Israel saw the Messiah, we should automatically connect. This speaks to the moment where all of humanity will see the Messiah in true form, flesh and blood. And it's amazing. It points us, and this is God's greater promise, that that the reason why Jesus came was to make a way for all humanity, really what Simeon was prophesying about, mentioning Gentiles, non-Jewish people, and, and Israel, and Jewish people, he, he's talking about this through the power of the Holy Spirit, prophesying about this. This is what it all is about. But that's, that's, a, that's a greater promise. But we also, we're also waiting for specific promises. As a church, you know, we, we have been given opportunities. There's things happening that, that really, for the elders and I, seem to come out of nowhere. And there's an opportunity. And, and we're like, Lord, there's so much. Church plant, building project, now radio. What, what are you doing with us? Can't you just line these up and do one at a time? For some reason, he's not. And yet we know that as a church, we have spirit-filled people that passionately love the Lord. And so the Lord's just saying to us, look, I'm giving you the people. They're devoted. They love me. And so we feel like there's these promises that we have as a church that, that the Lord's going to do amazing things from us. And we really believe, believe it and that the Lord's putting this upon our hearts as leadership. That there's this sense through the whisper of the Spirit that, that be prepared for the elders and I, it's like, gentlemen, be prepared. Make sure your heart is right with me because there are things that I want to do through you for the north. You need, I, I am whispering through my spirit, be prepared. Get ready. Wait expectantly. But this is past our church. Jesus loves every single one of you and each one of you, if you know Jesus, that there are moments There are moments where you are going to be alone with the Lord and the Holy Spirit is going to whisper something to you and say, wait for this. It's going to be amazing. I promise you this. I want to make this promise to you. I love you. I love your spouse. I love your family. I I love you and I want something amazing for your life. 
I want you to experience me in a major way, but I need you to wait. And I don't know what they are. You have full access to God in the same way I do. And the Holy Spirit is going to whisper something completely different to you than he does to me because it's for you. And though we have this greater promise that the Messiah is going to return, though we have this greater promise, maybe as a church, that we're going to do amazing things for the gospel, that every single one of us has specific promises that the Lord wants to transform our lives, and he wants us to experience a whole new side of himself. But how do we wait? I think Simeon shows us the keys. Righteousness and devotion. The, the best part is that we're kind of in a little bit of a better situation than Simeon was. You see, under the old system, righteousness came in a lot of work. That sacrifice, repentance, and, and, and there was a long, a long process in that day to make sure that the record between a holy God and a sinful man stayed pure, stayed right, stayed correct. And Simeon did it. Lord bless him. What an amazing man. But God saw fit to love us so much that he would send a final sacrifice. That Jesus Christ, his one and only son, would die on the cross and the sin of the world would be placed on him. So that there'd be no more sacrifices. There would be no more. That, that in, in one sacrifice, all humanity for all time to come would be made righteous would be made right in the eyes of God, and that those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord would be saved. And that, and that on that moment when Jesus died, there was something that happened that, 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 the, that the gospel records tell us that, that the curtain of the Holy of Holies, this was like the, the, the secretest, most holy place in the temple, the Holy of Holies, where they felt God's presence rest, it tore in two, miraculously tore in two, which was a message to all humanity, no more. The holiness of God has broken free on humanity through Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit falls in everyone who believes in him. And Though Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit, we become sealed with the Holy Spirit. When we choose to follow Jesus, our soul and the Spirit are united. We can hear the Spirit's whisper every day of our life if we're listening. Surely there's an amen in there. Every day. Because we're in right relationship with God. And maybe you're saying today, maybe you're like, Jeremy, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what my weeks look like. You don't know what my months look like. You don't know the stuff, the baggage that I got in the back of my mind. You don't know how sinful I am. There's no way I'm righteous. I can't bear listening to you tell me that I'm righteous. But it's the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And that through the, the person and power of Jesus Christ, there is no sin. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That we are made righteous, not through the works we do, but through our submission to Jesus. It's amazing. The righteous half is just taken. It's taken for us. The work's done. 
And, and so if that's all the like tangible work stuff, the only thing that's left is the heart. And that's the devotion. Sometimes in Christian circles, it, we refer to a, a time where we read our Bible and we pray. A lot of times there's a nickname for it in Christianese. We call it devotions. And, and this is part of it, that, that we choose to stop in our day, silence the world, and we have a very noisy world. We silence the world and we go into what's referred to as devotions, where we pick up the word uh, and, and we, we pray and we pause to say, Lord, I want, I want to get in tune with your heart. I know that I am righteous through your son, Jesus, but I just want to pause. I want to be devout. I want to devote myself to you. And I just, I want you to pour out your word on me. And I want to hear from you. I want to be so in tune with the spirit here that I can hear your promises whispered. Your greater promise of your salvation and return your, your promise for our church. I want to hear your promise for me and my family. I want you to whisper it to me and I pause now to hear from you. Just like Simeon. We still have that going for us. But without all the work. How amazing is that? It's incredible that all we have to do is just pause. Pause and have a moment of devout, like devotion. Just be devoted to him for a moment. Just say, speak, Lord, to me. Speak to me. I'm going to wait. And as we lead up to Christmas, like this is the most, one of the most amazing times in Advent where we prepare, where we, where we take this and we say, I want to do this, Lord. And we're about to go down to communion here. And uh, uh, Nick and Greg, if you guys could come forward. This month, I, I just want to, challenge us all that as we think of this waiting expectantly you guys can have a seat that's okay this this concept of devotion you if you believe in jesus if you're giving your life to him you're righteous rest in that but I, leading up to christmas let's just take that that one time each day 24 days, well, I guess we're on 22 or whatever now, 21. Um, read, the cha- read the chapter of Luke each day. Just read, read whatever chapter's next. At 24, you'll be done by Christmas and allow Luke's gospel, Luke the physician that did tons of research, that, that found all sorts of accounts of what Jesus did. It's one of the longest detailed gospels and let's just rest in that. Let's, let's work on our devotion on a daily basis. Read the chapter together and then just wait. And just whatever we've read, just say, Lord, speak to me through this. I, what promises do you have for me this year? As I prepare to celebrate your coming and your second coming, what promises do you have? Whisper them to me. The prayer might, might look something like this. Lord, Prepare me for Christmas by reminding me of your promises. Where do I need to be more patient and faithful? Where do I need to be more devout? Where do I need to wait expectingly? And if we just pray that on a daily basis and just listen, I really do believe that this coming year, each one of us, like as a church, but each one of you individually, whatever's going on between you and the Lord now, I really do believe 
that the Lord is going to present himself and 2018 will be a, a miraculous thing for you. And he will whisper. He will give you advance notice if you ask. He loves you. He's devoted to you. We just have to be devoted to him and listen.